everyone. Welcome to A Quick Dip, a series of short conversations about culture, communications and change. I'm Sarah Black, founder of Aru Communications. I'm a communication strategist who is passionate about making sure you're not endlessly creating Homs content, you're actually starting conversations that matter to your organisation. And that's what this podcast is about. It's a series of conversations introducing ideas to help make your communications activity more culturally relevant, more inclusive and more effective. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of A Quick Dip into Culture, Communications and Change. I'm your host, Sarah Black, and I am delighted to be taking a dip into intercultural communication, intercultural relationships at work with uh, Mariano Barros. Welcome. And would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, Sarah. Hi, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here with you all today. Thank you, Sarah, for the invitation. I'm very honored with that. Well, I am Mariana. I'm an interculturalist from Brazil. I've been in the field for 20 years now, coming from the countryside of Brazil. Suffered some linguistic bullying uh, because of my countryside accent. That's the first time I had to face challenges with being different from other people. And then I was an exchange student in France, which changed my entire life because I lived there before the internet. So I had to integrate. I always joke I was obliged to like the French because they fed me. And I had no contact with Brazil, but that definitely changed my entire life. I love my French family up to today. It was an amazing experience. Came back to Brazil. Uh, enter the international relations field. In Brazil, we still don't have intercultural relations or any kind of formal education in the intercultural field. So I learned by experience because I started working in the field when I was 20, 19, 20. And this is what I've been doing so far. <laughs> yeah. And I've had the the pleasure of working with you on a couple of occasions and it's been an education for me in lots of ways. So one of the things we've talked about a little bit is oh, people not understanding the intercultural dynamics if they're in a global or multinational organization. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about why is it important to understand intercultural differences or to understand that you need to understand intercultural differences? Well, there are different levels of importance. The first, I would say, for surviving uh, and this is where my story with uh, intercultural communication starts and being Brazilian, I'm very personal. So I'll bring personal stories. I was in France living with my French family. I didn't speak French very little and I was hungry all the time because the way they eat is very different the way we eat in Brazil. And then my mother would, my host mother would offer me food and I would say, no, no, thank you. And she would take the food and put it in the refrigerator. And I was really hungry to the point that one day I was starving, just thinking that the family didn't like me because they didn't want to give me food. But I was so hungry. Then when she offered me the food, I said, yes, I want it in a very aggressive way. But she was relieved. She said, oh, God, thank you. Finally, you were accepting my food. And I said, but I... I have always, always been hungry. And she said, but why don't, don't you accept? And I said, because you have to insist. Because in Brazil, it is mm. not polite to accept 
things when people are offering for the first time. You have actually to insist up to three times. Mm -hmm. And then she was, oh, but I would never do that. I have to respect your word. Yes is yes. No is no. And that was the first time that I understood, no, not in Brazil. Because in Brazil, we never say no unless we mean yes. And (laughs) that's why I say it is first for surviving I was yeah. hungry. I was starving. Yeah. I needed food. I need to understand the French style of communication. Uh, I would say, secondly, for avoiding conflicts or interpersonal mm-hmm. for conflict, because in many different situations, also with French people or Germans or even Americans, the way they communicate can be perceived as very aggressive to us. So more relationship-oriented cultures, when a person sends an email, uh, can you please send me the report by Friday? We feel like uh, the person is not engaged in a personal relationship, so we don't even feel obliged to answer the email. Yeah. So uh, And we get hurt with this kind of message. Yeah. So it starts building or... Uh, uh, it starts a personal conflict, interpersonal conflict. And for sure, lastly, to be empathic uh, and understand what's mm-hmm. going on to the other person. Uh, mm-hmm. So one thing that I, I think that is very different around the world is how people show emotions in their way of communicating. So in, in Brazil, it will be very, very common that in the end of the year, the speech of the end of the year, the CEO will come and cry in front of the employees. Wow. So he engage people emotionally, whereas in many, many countries in the world, it would be perceived as an unprofessional behavior. Yeah, weakness. Yes, weakness. Yeah, and you can see then, you know, from the personal level to the organizational level, that if you have a leader that doesn't understand how their communication, how they present themselves is seen by other people that can all get a bit messy and complicated. What can people in organizations do if you're working in an organization across different cultures from your own? What things can you do to try and address or minimize this conflict? I would say first, being sensitive to the impact of cultural differences. Uh, My experience shows that people tend to uh, underestimate the impact of cultural differences. So being sensitive to that and then getting awareness of the different communication mm-hmm. style and that you can Google it. <laughs> you have <laughs> direct, indirect communication style. You have confrontational, non-confrontation. You have how emotions impact communication. You have communication flow and the pandemics because of virtual communication. We have Latinos or uh, interacting all the time and being overwhelming to Asians that will not open their cameras and they will reflect on what you're saying. And then there is silence in the room. And we Latinos, we get very uncomfortable. We start interrupting the person. And then we are just seeing each other as non-polite people. So yes, getting awareness about that. And then trying to adjust. In our company in Brazil, we have created, Adrian Sweetwater has created the acronym DANCE. I love that. Which means... Uh, intercultural communication is about dancing mm-hmm. and switching styles when needed. But for that, you need to be sensitive and you need to be aware. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you this. I think some of that awareness starts with understanding what cultural baggage you bring in or what 
like knowing your own style of communication so you can figure out whether you're direct or indirect or, you know, verbose or whatever that happens to be or emotional. Do you think that's true that that little bit of sort of self-awareness is important? Well, Sarah, to me, self-awareness is the first step for anything in life, right? That's true. And that then is true. cultural <laughs> self-awareness is another dimension. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, again, I also think that people underestimate the importance of self-awareness. I'm mm-hmm. always shocked how the father of the field, Edward Hall, spoke about self-awareness. And we interculturalists, we just forgot about that because it's yeah. difficult. It's difficult yeah. to bring self-awareness to the room. But honestly, this is the most impactful message we deliver in our workshops is self-awareness. So when people ask me, what do you do? And I say, I explain Brazil to Brazilians. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I can work with other cultures, but this is the most impactful message because gaining cultural self-awareness, learning about your patterns, your patterns of communication, we will definitely at least make that you don't take it personal Yeah, when someone is communicating in a different communication style. Yeah. And I think it's that ability to ask yourself that question, like, is this a cultural issue? You know, is this conflict or perceived conflict a cultural issue? Or because sometimes it is and sometimes it's not, but a lot of time that's really underestimated in global workplaces. Yeah, differentiating the individual and the group is always very difficult, very difficult. Again, this is why I think we need some interculturalists in the room to help people to read the patterns because there is a specialized knowledge. (laughs) But yeah, I would say that most of the time it has to do with cultural difference, much more than interpersonal conflict. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree with you. And a lot of time it's from not understanding that there is an intercultural dimension to what's going on if you were talking to someone who had maybe stepped into a global job for the first time in addition to what you've said is there any specific advice that you would give someone who was doing that I would say always giving the other person a chance so you understand that might be a different perspective that you were not even aware it exists. Yeah. I had this job in Africa, Equatorial Guinea, and the challenge was that the Brazilians, they were constructing a road in the middle of a forest, working with people from the tribes, and these people, they were always, they had their faces closed. Mm. And to the Brazilians, the message was that they were unsatisfied with the Brazilians. And Brazilians were afraid of a confrontation or even a war with those people. And they invited me to go there and ask what was going on. And they just explained to me that in their culture, it's not used or it's not seen as professional to smile while you are at work. Right. But for the Brazilians, it was so aggressive. Yeah that they couldn't handle this. And amazingly enough, after coming back, and I work a lot with immigrants in Brazil, Mm. and their biggest challenge in finding jobs in Brazil is because they come to the job interview with a serious face. Okay, yeah. And Brazilians will take this as someone that is not really willing to get the job. (laughs) Yeah, they're not excited enough. Yeah. Yeah. So you see, it goes to... Yeah, <laughs> all those things yeah and although we've talked about communication today I did want to sort of draw out that point because to me that speaks to us all having different attitudes to how we think about work and how we show up at work 
It's it's not just about our style of communication always. It might be different cultures feel differently about leadership or hierarchy, for example. And that presumably can have an impact on miscommunication and misunderstanding in the workplace as well. Definitely. Just taking Brazil as an example, the first time we learned about the concept of working because our native people didn't have this developed. So the first Mm -hmm. time we learned about this was with slavery. So the concept of working itself is a big challenge in Brazil. (laughs) Uh, Just to take Brazilian history as an example. And the way things were developed in Brazil, I like the saying that in Europe or in the US, we tend to, I think, therefore I am. Yeah. So there's this rational approach toward mm-hmm. life and the way you build structure and you perform on this structure is perceived as good performance or working. Mm-hmm. In Brazil, we use a, I feel, therefore I am. Yeah. So to get results, you have to engage people emotionally. Mm-hmm. So those are very different words, yeah. very, very different mindsets. No. Uh, even hard to say we come from the same species in terms of, yeah. No, and I'm having lived... Certainly I lived in in Norway and the way that Norwegians feel about work in my experience was very different to the ethos for work that I was brought up with in in Ireland. Just very subtle, nuanced differences, but they were there. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely a factor. And I I love that you brought in the history and the context because there's a long legacy for a lot of these attitudes and the way that we are culturally. Well, it's always evolving, but there's a long history for a lot of it. So thank you for bringing that element up. Um, Mariana, it's been a fabulous conversation. Thank you for that little glimpse into the importance of intercultural communication and understanding intercultural difference as well. Um, We'll put a link to your business in the notes for anybody who would like to learn a little bit more um, about dancing between cultures. Anything else that you want to share before we finish? Well, no, it's been a pleasure. Always, I'm always passionate about the subject, always learning. So thank you for the opportunity. Oh, thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Thank you. If you've enjoyed today's conversation and maybe wanted to join it, then please do get in touch so that we can talk more. I'd love to hear from you. You can sign up from my newsletter by finding me on LinkedIn and let's connect and continue the conversation. Thank you. 